Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So So. In case you ain't know so, and welcome back to another episode of Sports with So So. Coming to you live from CIC Miami, y'all. Man, the Canes took a rough L at the hands of Alabama, but it's all right as we look forward to our next opponent. The Dolphins get ready to kick off the season this Sunday as NFL season starts off this Thursday. And of course, we talk about the FedEx Cup Championship and the homie Patrick Cantley coming up big. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go. Those are some of life mysteries yeah, that will never be solved. Never, never. <laughs> Not even uh, Detective Jimmy McNulty could solve that one. Nope. What's going on, big time? Not the Hurricanes. Oh, my God. Everything man. else is Gucci. Everything else is Gucci, but uh, being a Canes fan right now? It's rough. But if you're being realistic, you kind of expected a loss. Oh, we're jumping right into this, huh? Yeah. We're not yeah. wasting any time. Nah. To nah, talk about this brutal beatdown of the University of Miami Hurricanes by the Alabama Crimson Tide this past Saturday, 3.30 yes. Eastern Correct. Standard Time, where Correct. the Alabama Crimson Tide put up 44 points to our 13 points. Jesus Christ. <laughs> he could have helped us. <laughs> oh, yeah, he, yeah. There was Jesus. Yo, we needed Jesus. But a couple of things, right? Yeah. Yeah, I do want to get right into it. We haven't talked about any at of all. this yet. This is fresh what, what, off the dome. What was the last communication I had with you about the Canes game? Bro, let me even pull up pull the text. Up. Pull it up. I'm going to pull up the text I want real you to quick. pull it up because it was, it was sad, dude. It was sad. I was like, yo, if I'm feeling like this, I can't imagine how you're feeling right now, kid. 4.47 p.m. Right. This is getting ugly. Right back to you. Big time. About to turn it off. <laughs> I, think, I think that's how everybody <laughs> felt, man. Every, every Canes fan that was watching the game. I think that's how everybody like you like it's week one, so you gotta watch it to its entirety. But it's like, dude, halfway through that second quarter, you wanted to turn it off already. Bro, forget about the second quarter. In the first quarter, okay, here's my here's my pure reaction to us being third and seven and us running the ball. I'm watching it, mm. right? Here we go. Play. He just handed out. Yo, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. All right, bro. Hey, so so I just exited the podcast, reenacting what he felt like doing during the Hurricanes game. That was it, straight up, because I knew at that moment it was beyond a doubt that we were gonna get a ass whooping, like a grade A. Here you go, no smile, just a dirty ass whooping, and that's what we got, man. Because it was literally men against boys. That's that's what it came down to. Yo. Men against boys. Yeah, and it's crazy because it literally went against everything that you and I were talking about leading up to this game. You know, we were like, dude, we're seasoned. We got guys returning. We didn't really lose guys. Alabama lost a ton of guys, skill players, offensive line. There's questions around that. You know, if, if we're going to face them, do we rather face them, you know, midseason form or right now when they're vulnerable and we can really do something? And, bro, they have not missed a beat since winning the championship. At all. Those guys have not forgotten how to play football. At now, all. the Hurricanes, on the other hand, a lot of those guys forgot how to play football. What we just saw was, like, a lot of poor tackling, especially on the defensive side. I, I wouldn't even call it tackling, man. Nah, of I course. Saw no, it was I attempt. saw no, it was, <laughs> it was just bodies just flying. It was just bodies flying in the air, nobody wrapping up, you know, shoulder tackling. The, the, the running back had a day for, for Alabama. 
They're they quarter, had a day. Their quarterback. The, the running back had a day, and so did Bryce Young, the, the quarterback, because of their offensive lineman. I don't know if you saw the video of their their left tackle, um, Evan Neal. First of all, <laughs> the size of this guy is unworldly because he just looks like, uh, what's this dude, Thanos. That's what he looks like. Jeez. He's just a giant, a giant of a man. And this dude jumped up onto, like, some foam things, you know, the things that they do the box brings for, the box jumps. This dude did a split. I know I know exactly what video you're talking How, about. How, Sway? It's ridiculous. How? But that's the type of offensive specimen that we were going up against to try to get to their quarterback. The guy had all day to throw because we couldn't get past that freaking brick wall of a man. That's a man playing against these young boys that we have. And no disrespect to the Hurricanes line, because they definitely pressured the pocket. It's not like the dudes, As much as they as could. As much as they could, you know what I mean? And, they, and, and sometimes they even got into positions where they can tackle. But, again, if you're doing this, one-arm tackle, then with your hand on the side while you're getting blocked, you're probably going to get ran through. And our first point of contact never even slowed down their, their runner. Or the wide receiver at that point. It was always the second and third guy making the tackle. Right. That's why I, I emphasize, like, damn, I, we tackled poorly. And that's really troubling because that's, like, the basics of defense. You know what I mean? Like, it's, wrapping up. It's just a, a reminder of last year, man. That was a lot of the issues, especially in, like, that North Carolina game. There was a lot of missed tackles in, the, in that game last year, man. People were just not wrapping up. Just right. basic football, form tackling. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like. What are you doing? Why are you just trying to lay your shoulder into somebody hoping that they're going to go out? Like, I saw people, multiple people hitting the running back and, like, even out of bounds, like, trying to get him out of, like, down. <laughs> and he still wasn't going down. Nah, man. And it's like, bro, you got you got to wrap up. Just get down at his legs and wrap up. Like, do something different. They, they weren't making those adjustments. There was a lot going on. I mean, number one, Alabama, again, championship form. Number yep. one for a reason. Yep. Bryce Young, the O line, Nick Saban, the coaching. Shout out to them. You know, uh, they they just looked amazing. They look like they could beat the Jets right now. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not even kidding. No, I swear I, that they yo, could beat the real, Jets for real. They would give them a hell of a you game. You feel me? But at the same time, man, there was you know one Derek King a little underwhelming, and I feel like it wasn't his fault. Like I'm not even blaming Derek King. Mm. I feel mm. like I'm I'm blaming the rest of the team. My biggest thing, though, so with this with this game and something I wanted to pick your brain about, how do you feel about Manny Diaz and the schemes that he has going on for that team? Because right now, I don't have the confidence in the man moving forward, man. Well, to, for me, it comes down to one of two things, right? First and foremost, how good is your opponent? Alabama is clearly way ahead of us, way ahead of a lot of people, way ahead of, of pretty much every single team that's not in the top five. If you're, I feel like if you're not in the top five, bro, Alabama will, will do the same thing that they did to us, would do it to you, and they would do it with a smile on their face. So that's that's kind of like the big grain of salt that you got to take this L with and, and to be like, damn. Because I, I heard him on the Joe Rose show this morning, and he was saying how he was disappointed but not discouraged. And those words kind of like hit home to me because I, I can kind of get him and, and get where he's coming from. Yeah, we took an ass-whooping, but we took an ass-whooping to uh, pretty much an NFL team, right? And there were still points where had we done better, and I'm not saying we would have changed the, the outcome of the game, but at the very least, it would have changed our momentum and how we feel confident and how we play better. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, I'm, I'm willing to look past Manny being a bust 
because it didn't matter what he did on defense. It didn't matter if he rushed eight. It didn't matter if he blitzed, if he sat back. Alabama had an answer, and the answer was the offensive line. Point and simple. If they needed to run the ball, they could run the ball. If they needed to give the guy time to drop back into cover, back into the pocket and make some throws, he could do that too. And that dictate how bad the defense can look because, again, you're not in a position where you can be advantageous and blitz and take care of, like, um, weaknesses or anything like that on their side because they hardly have any. And if you don't do the things that help you, which is tackling clean, uh, getting out on third and long instead of giving up first downs, those are things that help the defense. If you don't do stuff like that, then schematically nothing's going to work. Because you can't even do the basics right now. You get me? And that's no fault of, of Manny. That's purely the kids on the field not doing their thing. We got that kid that kick, got kicked out for targeting, and that shit just changed the game completely. The captain, Bubba. Bubba, Bubba Bolden. Bolden. Completely was, changed the it game. It was a good call. We, yeah, it was a right call for that's, sure. That's another thing too, man. The referees were wack. I got to point that out. Wow. Because that was another another point of concern was the, the just the officiating in that game. It was... I think they were Big Ten or Big Twelve uh, refs, right. which is not you know they're they they're not SEC, they're not SEC, so that's like the I guess the right way to do it. But I feel like even those guys were like shaking off the rust, man, because there was a bunch of plays where they weren't making calls. Um, I'm like they like both for and against and UM, and they weren't the making safety. those they weren't making those calls. What was going on with that? Like like for instance, the safety that was a huge momentum shift, and Manny even said it today on the show. He was like, "That's one my my one regret of the game." that I didn't call a timeout after that play because it was a safety, and they didn't call it. He was in the end zone. He threw it all to the side. They said that he was in the pocket. He wasn't in the pocket. Manny was trying to get them to review it. They didn't do it. They hurried up and got to the line, and next thing you know, here comes a 94-yard bomb for a touchdown to essentially break our back early in the second quarter while we had them pinned. Had we got that safety, put some points on the board, defense does some things, and we get some a little bit of momentum, like I said, it doesn't probably change the outcome of the game as far as us winning. But it allows the game to be much more competitive, right? And when he said that, I was like, yo, that, that makes a ton of sense. And it, hit me, and it really got me mad because we've seen UM get, you know, pretty much screwed over on calls before, especially in the end zone, circa the championship game where we should have been back-to-back. But we're moving on. With, with the Hurricanes present day, right, they've already made the recognitions on where the weaknesses are and got to improve on it ASAP, right, mostly on the offensive line. Um, he already stated that we're going to have a new right, uh, right tackle starting this week for Appalachian State. Uh, O-line, he called them out completely that they have to get better and play better. I mean, but at the same time, the Bama has this ridiculous specimen of a D lineman. Yeah, I can't remember his name, but I think it's like Anderson. His last name is like Anderson or Henderson or. He's nasty. I'm a, I'm gonna look it up right now, bro. That guy is a beast. He's that a, guy's gonna be a future first rounder. You know what's funny? Um, when I noticed him, he was really making the disruptive plays whenever we try to do the run play option, right? Whenever it came down for us to like kind of the f- fool the defensive lineman or the edge rusher to be like, oh, well, is he keeping it or is it not? This guy was within our backfield within a second, maybe even less. Because how, again, bro, that just shows you how much our O-line and D-line are not on the same level as these guys. No. And Alabama's yes. not, and that's and I can say that about any school realistically because there are very few teams in the nation that can handle these type of guys. 
like I said, that's an NFL caliber starting D line, an NFL caliber starting offensive line. I don't care what anybody says. And when you f- play opponents like that, you can't expect in there to go and play sloppy, not do the basics, and win the game, and or even look close, up, yeah, or even be competitive to, or to even your be point. close. They were not, man, and it's just disappointing. You know, first game of the season, national television. You know, we came into it with so much hype. You know, this is the Eric King's year, one of the most you know dynamic players at the quarterback position in college football. Uh, we've had time to game plan. We're healthy. We're bringing back all these guys. You know, everything that I mentioned earlier. And, and to, you know, to be in this situation where, you know, the game was lost in the first quarter, it was just it was just lost. It was lost. And that's why that's why I asked you about Manny, man, because, you know, there's questions around him being able to be the head coach and be the defensive coordinator of the team. It's like, you know, it, you really just want to have somebody that's focused on that and then the head coach be able to manage both sides of offense yeah. and defense. So, you know, some of those calls early on, you know, on defense, like the, the scheme when they just weren't switching it up on Alabama, I'm like, why are they still running the same exact defense? And, and I guess to your point, it's like, you know, hey, it's you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. They're going to have their way with you. But then uh, on the offensive side of the ball, like the, the runs, like, you know, what are you doing? You're running it on third and like seven. Like, go for a pass. Like, you got the Eric King and, and you got some fast receivers. Like, Go for like a quick passing, yet you're you're just submitting to a run and then you know hitting a you know going ahead and punting the ball. That was the one criticism that I did have of the game straight up, right? Like up and down, no matter what. This is something that wasn't acceptable, which was the offensive play calling, um, and which is crazy to me because there was a lot of hype around Rhett Lashley when he got hired and how he was going to change the game, and this is Eric King's second year in this offense, and he's supposed to look a lot better. And we didn't get a chance to see any of that. And I don't know if it's a combination of the Eric King maybe holding on, not wanting to take a chance. Maybe the off, the offensive line didn't even give him an opportunity, right? But then again, I felt like the play calling was really whack. I mentioned the 37 earlier. It was like, yo, come on, man. That's not even a smart play in the middle of the field. Like, you're killing us. This is our our first drive, second drive of the game. You can't You can't just handicap us like that. I don't know, man. I feel like... There were spurts because there were times when we did move the ball. When Derrick King had three seconds to breathe and look downfield, he found players, bro, like Xavier Restrepto. That guy had a hell of a game. He actually stepped up once Mike Harley went out in the third quarter. And he came up with some big catches and laid out and a bunch of stuff. That's the type of stuff that I'm like, damn. Why couldn't we pull, like, string a couple of those drives together where we can really give ourselves an opportunity? And it, I, I really felt like it landed on the play calling. Now, he has an opportunity to early learn a lot from it, right? Because now everything that we face in the next couple of weeks, especially, are not going to be at this level. So he's going to be able to notate weaknesses and say, okay, this is what we got to avoid. Let's find our strengths and build up on that. Because we're playing the best of the best right now. We already played the best of the best. We have tape on it. But it also worries me because, man, we haven't had an offensive coordinator really come in and change the the landscape in the way that we expected it. Cameron Harris didn't even get a chance to get off the freaking backfield, bro. Like, he ran maybe, like, a couple of yards here and there every now and then. And it felt like every time he get, he even plowed into the defensive line, they were smothering him. Any running back. No, they, uh, Alabama was clearly the clearly better, better. better team on every but, side of the ball. But offensively, I feel like Rhett has to do a better job of letting it go and putting King in a position to be like, hey, dog, you have free carte blanche here. Do it. Because 
right now we don't have enough players to be structured. I just don't think we have enough playmakers like that. We have promise and we have talent, and these are the games that we 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 need to see it kind of develop. But they're only going to develop if you're taking chances. They're only going to develop if you're giving them the opportunity and taking the risk. And we have to start doing that. And it starts this weekend, too. Yep. First Al- home game. <laughs> Alabama keeps uh, Saban's 15-year record alive, right? Yep. I think he's uh, he's undefeated he's opening day. the godfather day. of college football. Yeah. Um, the good news for the Canes, though, was that six other teams, or maybe five other teams, including or six including the Canes, um, that were in the top 25 all lost. Including, uh, including North Carolina. And Clemson. And Clemson. Clemson lost to Georgia in a really tight game. I mean, this weekend for college football was amazing. amazing. Amazing comeback, you know, for it. There was thousands of fans in every stadium. I mean, the college game, they looked lit. It, it was it was great to, to just sit in front of the TV for the whole day Saturday and, and watch all these games, man. So It was fun, man. It was fun. And I, I enjoyed a lot of the games that were happening, you know. I, I got to watch a lot of that Georgia game, and, and they looked impressive. They definitely deserved that number two spot. Uh, they're going to be tough to beat this year. LSU has a good chance to be up there as well. Um, Clemson, I think that... They can still bounce back from this loss, right? They got an ACC uh, schedule, and they always play well in the ACC. So I'm not worried about them not being a contender. It's just going to be interesting to see the rest of college football take off, you know. And even the Hurricanes, we saw them drop a little bit in the rankings. They went from 14 down to 22, expected, when you lose to the number one team in the yeah, nation. It is what it is. It is what it is. But we saw North Carolina drop too, you know. They dropped to 24, Um uh, we can talk about a couple of those schools. We saw FSU take a hard loss against um, Notre Dame, number nine ranked Notre Dame, um, and uh, which kind of sucked. As much as I hate both those teams, I actually watched the game for right. for FSU's backup quarterback, Mackenzie Milton, yep. who didn't play most of the game and actually came in at the end and, and rallied and almost got them back in and got them the, the dub. Um, but I hate both those teams with the passion, and yet I was I was glued to the TV. Man. It was just such a good game from beginning to end. It was way, that was what I expected for the Hurricanes game. Yeah, something was, like that. Was that kind of back and forth because that game was competitive all the way down to the end. Yeah, but Alabama would have kicked both of those teams. Oh, hundred percent. I completely, I completely agree. But but for what right? it was, as far as entertainment value, yeah, yeah. hell of it was a, game, a hell of a man. game. And the story, you know, at the end with Mackenzie Milton. Yeah, I mean, shout out so, to him. Man, so shout out to UCF. UCF, we won our yes, first sir. game last Thursday. <laughs> Boise State in a crazy comeback. Another victory. comeback victory. Boise State was up early on us in the first quarter, and then we managed to kind of close the gap before. Yo, the but half. tell me, tell me how you guys have a thing that says national champion. Yeah, what about it? <laughs> But did you really yeah, win? Yeah, we won it. No, you really yeah, didn't. We did. You guys know you we did. We did. The governor said so. Oh, the governor yep. of what? Of Florida. Oh. Yep. He's no longer we got the a governor, whole, right? We got a whole letter and everything. Oh, nice. A letter, not a championship. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it says national championship on it. So. That's interesting. Best team in football that year. But anyways, that's in the year <laughs> there. We're talking about this 2021 season right now. And the UCF Hurricanes actually won the or UFC Hurricanes. UFC <laughs> Knight. Knights, UCF Knights. There we go. UCF Knights, my team, the one that's on my polo right now. Correct. Won their home opener, unlike the Miami Hurricanes, who lost their home opener. But let me ask you a question. Not here or there. We weren't playing the number one team in the country. Alabama. UFC. We'll put up more points than Miami did. Oh my gosh! Put it on that. Put it on there, dog. My boy, you get them on your schedule, first of all. I mean, they don't want to play us. They're scared because oh, they scared don't to lose play, like, to a school right, like us. Right, right, They, they know don't what we can you. do, bro. Best team in Florida, bro, hands down. But uh, anyways, so Mackenzie Milton used to be the QB for yes. UCF. He he bought, he bought was actually part of that team, yes, that, that national championship team. Yeah. And after that horrific leg injury, almost removed completely from the game. And here he is almost three years later in, in uh, Florida back, State uh, you know, uniform as a backup quarterback. 
the starting quarterback goes out for one play because his helmet comes off, and that's the rule in college. If your right. helmet comes off, you got to sit out one play. That happens. It's just kind of routine. You sit out one, he comes right back in. But they put in Milton. First play of the game, he throws a, like Bomb. a 30-yard pass. Yeah. Connects, like downfield, starts moving the ball. They leave him in there. And then sure enough, he manages to, to get a little comeback going. They ultimately lose in overtime. But it was just a great story, man. This kid that, you know, had such an uh, illustrious college career at UCF, you know, thought he had the end of the road you know, after his, his leg injury. And sure enough, he was able to bounce back in a big way. And even though they lost, I mean, it, it, it's still a nice welcome home, you know, for, him, for, sure. for for football. No, and it's a great story, man. I love those type of stories where somebody faces some huge adversity and is able to bounce back and realize the dream. Because I'm pretty sure at one point it crossed his mind that he may not be able to play football again. And yeah, here he is driving down um, against a really good Notre Dame team who has aspirations to be in a national championship this year with a chance to beat them at home with all these screaming fans behind you and rooting for you and, like, everybody loving your story. And um, it sucks that they didn't win, right, I guess. But it was it sucked more for him on a personal level. But I, I ultimately think he came out the winner because he got to play, man. And anytime that you come overcome some type of adversity like that and can – Walk away from it with your head held high. Man, that's a great story. So, shout out to him. Um, we'll see FSU in a couple of weeks and see how they continue the season. Um, that's that's going to be big. A big game. A this big year game. More, more than ever. On the road, bro. We play over there. So, it's going to be tough. Let's check in with the rest of, of the Florida teams. We had... The FAU Golden Owls, right? No, it's not Golden Owls. It's uh, they're the Owls. They are the Owls, not, not Golden. Golden Owls. I don't, never I don't know why it's Golden Owls. There's Golden Eagles. There's Golden Brown Eagles, Owls. Baby. But yeah, the, the FAU Owls, Owls or whatever took they on are. Uh, Florida Gators and they, uh, they Gators lost. ended up winning thirty-five yeah. fourteen. So I pretty much checks in. All the squads that we have down here. I mean, FIU ain't really playing anybody. USF, if anybody, any of the listeners are USF fans, let us know. We might talk about them. That's not really important. The biggest thing was uh, the FAMU and uh, it was the FAMU game or whatever. The opening game was, it's not the classic, but it's, it was FAMU versus I forget who. Or maybe it was a classic. Maybe it's the opening weekend. Anyways, the, they had it on TV. And, like, the most important thing for those schools band. is the band. They didn't sure. have that halftime show on TV. Damn. Yeah, like, Lil, I saw I saw Lil Duval, and he was bitching about it. And I'm like, Damn. bro, that's so dumb. Like, how are you going to have, like, the best band in the in country? The, in the world, not, bro. You're not going to showcase that. Like, forget about the football. Yeah, like, nobody cares show the about band, FAU, bro. F- FAMU football. Nobody cares about FAMU football. Nah, we care about freaking the yeah. band. Nobody cares about FAMU football. But um, Hurricanes, man. We got a game against Appalachian State coming up. Who? No, who nothing. That's a tough team, bro. Bro, bro, listen to me. They averaged almost 300 yards on the running game. Sick, and dude. guess and guess who's weak against, against the Miami? Run? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, well, that's a problem though, yeah, right? Because they and, can't and, tackle, and it's and because we, we can't tackle. And, and something that you, you have brought up earlier in the in the segment, we have to get to a point where we're confident and we and we know that we can play with teams and beat teams. How do you get there? You can't just. Expect Appalachian State to come in here and lay down after they seen us get our ass kicked on national TV. They know we're hurting. They know we're on a frail state of mind right now, right, coming off that loss. How are we going to respond to that? Are we going to go in there and, and mollywop these guys and kick their ass by 64 points? I don't know. I don't see that happening. But I would love to see that because then that would lead me to believe, like, okay, the Hurricanes care. This Hurricane team is taking it serious. They're really trying hard to be different from those rest of those classes before them that kind of left us with wanting more. This team still has a chance. They can bounce back. 
realistically speaking, they can bounce back, have a hell of a run in this in this season on the schedule, end up winning some big games, put themselves in a position where they're all right. Let's not say top four, top five team, but top ten team to end the season and get yourself into a real good bowl game, get your national um, exposure out there, and, and get better recruits and let people know that we're starting to build something here. Because if not, people like Manny Diaz, people like Rhett Lashy, they're gonna be out of here. A guy like Derrick King, he's not gonna stay. He's gonna bounce. You know what I mean? Anybody else, like Mike Harley, who's close to hitting NFL and getting drafted, they'll bounce. And then like that, we just lose all the talent that we can build on instead of doing something with it. But it all starts with attitude. They got to have the right attitude against Appalachian State. Um, we have a, a new pretty much offensive line starting, a new set of offensive linemen starting. We ha- didn't really see the running backs get showcased against Alabama a lot of questions right now about this hurricane team. It's not a. It's not just a simple W coming up. I mean, I expect them to win. They're favored by nine, but I don't know, man. Let's see. Let's see what they, happens. They need it. They need to bounce back in a big way and and prove like, hey, man, those guys are on a whole different level, and we're still, you know, we're still competitive, especially in the ACC and in college football. But Alabama's just on a different level, you know. Yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. And and look, even the team that we play after that, Michigan State, they're really good at running the ball too. So. It's a hell of a test that the, the Hurricanes got facing in front of and, them. And these are the, the first few games are the easier games of their schedule. So, imagine it. Yeah, it's going it's to get it's real. Gonna be, it's going to get real. <laughs> it's not going to be rough if they can play to their standard. You we'll know see. what I mean? We'll if they see. can play to their standard. But, um, you know, a lot of talk went down during the UM-Alabama game about their quarterback, Bryce Young. He broke all types of records for Alabama rookie quarterbacks, which is crazy to me because I'm looking at this guy and it's like, oh, most yards and touchdowns to start a career at Alabama. And I'm looking at the rest of the quarterbacks and I'm like, NFL, he's my quarterback. We're playing against him on Sunday. <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit. This, this, is, this is what Alabama has going on right now. These guys literally have NFL talent at every single position and it's crazy. And and the Dolphins get to see it, or Dolphins fans get to see the Alabama talent on the field all day this Sunday when the Dolphins kick off their season against the the Patriots I on the wait. road. Yeah. I got my new Dolphin shirt. I see that. I can still see the folds and the creases from you where heard it was, me? That's uh, how we rock. It was fresh out the bag, baby. It's like you just came nah, out here with it. And <laughs> Papa, this is one wear and throw it away, dog. <laughs> yeah, you like That's that. That's how we he roll. You like that, dog. <laughs> I got to find box. out where you're throwing clothes away at, yeah, dog. Where I'll let you know, play. That'll get a few more wears from you me, You get shit. some drip. You get some drip you know from Sosa. Some hand-me-downs. But get some drip. Yo, I'm pumped. I got. I renewed my uh, my red zone. All my drafts are done. $600 payment down the hole. Nah, nah, nah. Chill. It's like, don't even worry about it. But um, I know a guy. And uh, I got an early, early, early tea time booked on... Uh, How early, bro? It better be like 7. Nah, it's 8 a.m. Nah, it's not early enough. Yeah, it's fine, though. I'm not You're going to be rushing home, dog. I'm not golfing that far. I'm good. I'm like, I'm golfing <laughs> well, hold like on, 10 minutes on. away. The 13th? Yep, I'm out of here. No, no, no. It won't even be like that. Especially if I miss the beginning of the red zone, that's fine. You know, I'll, I'm going to have everything prepped. So I have the red zone on the big one. And then right next to it, I have my little TV with the Dolphins game. Because, you know... That's how you got to do it. You got to have two zone. TVs. You got to have the home team. Two TVs. And, uh, bro, I'm pumped. I'm excited. You know, there's a lot of hype with this Dolphins team this year. Um, you know, we've been talking about it. We had our whole Dolphin-centric episode. You know, a lot to look forward to. I'm just I'm just antsy at this point, man. I needed to get here already. Me too, man. I'm antsy, and I'm really looking forward to the matchup. Like I said, these two Alabama quarterbacks that have been great, champion, national championship-winning quarterbacks in college, they get a chance to face off. And for Dolphins fans, man, we get to see – I feel like we get to see if the hype is really real with Tua. 
And even with Mac Jones, I hear a lot of hype about this guy. A lot of like, oh, well, Bill Belichick trusts him and he's in Tom Brady's build and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, okay, but if he was Tom Brady-esque, why didn't anybody else pick him up before the Patriots got a chance? Yeah, but then you can argue, why didn't anybody else draft Tom Brady in five earlier rounds when yeah, Tom but, Brady got drafted? But shit, if, if, if the thing is coming out now, right, that's, that the quarterback is uh, Aaron Rodgers type, Tom Brady type, uh, Mahomes type, what more other types do you need for the kid to be compared to in order to, for you to get him pretty high in the draft? You get what I'm saying? Like, if you're being compared to those guys who are literally today's greats and legends, then you should be that good enough to go early enough in the draft, right? Like, we saw a bunch of guys going ahead of him, and it was kind of strange. But for me, it's all about Tua. I, I, I don't know why I'm so pumped just to see this guy, like, play in a game that matters all four quarters, throw touchdowns, throw a bomb, be hype, slap the running back's head when he makes a great play. You know, like, I want to see that because he always plays the game with, like, a positive energy. You don't ever see him, like, really frustrated or down on himself, and I love that about him, man, because I, I really like for my quarterbacks to be cool-headed, even calm, you know, being able to analyze and, and see things as they go down as opposed to being, like, very emotional like other guys can normally be. For the Dolphins, though, I'm interested to see how we're going to stack up linemen and linemen when it comes to the Patriots because the Patriots did a lot of investing on their D-line and offensive line as well. They invested heavily on their defense and offense. Yeah, they're rebuilding over there. Right? I feel like they are in a rebuild. So I don't get why teams or, like, these experts are picking the Patriots. Like, ESPN the other day had all 9 out of 10 um, analysts from like NFL Network or whatever, NFL Network had it. It was like all 10 analysts, they all had the Patriots beating the Dolphins except for one, Cameron Wolf, who used to cover the Dolphins. And, shout and out that, to Cameron Wolf for keeping it real. Shout out to Cam Wolf. But that's how it's always been, though, dude. I mean, Miami gets no love unless Zero. the only time we ever got any love from any major sport was when we had LeBron. That's and, the and, only and time we got out. national recognition, national love, like from people that we were being talked about. Other than that, they don't talk about the Dolphins. They don't talk about the Heat. They don't talk about the Marlins. They don't talk about nobody. We, we get no love, you know what I mean, especially going up against the Patriots who are six-time Super Bowl champions. I mean, Bill Belichick is still there. It's like, yeah, I, I, I get the narrative. That's perfectly fine, though. I love that. I want to be the underdog, especially in these early games against the Patriots. We always do well. That's some bullshit, though, though. That's fine with me, bro. Because that means... Even put last your, year. Put your money up, bro. No, facts. If they're favored. Facts. Like, you facts. know what I mean? We know what we're going to do. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's make some money yeah. out of this. Bet the Dolphins. Heavy. Hammer it. Hammer them. Hammer them. Because so-so said so. But for real, like, we were we were a better team than the Patriots were last year. Offer it. Right? Like, there's no day, yeah. debate 100%. about that, right? Okay, cool. So, I don't get them starting a fresh rookie, us playing with a rookie, with a first-time, quote-unquote, full-time QB who got to realize what it is to be an NFL quarterback, and he's the underdog? Like, how? You know? That shit don't make no sense. And even with the Patriots, yeah, they invested in their defense and in their offense. Cool. But are you going to put it together? Because our offense didn't even run through our wide receivers last year. They ran through our tight ends. And guess what? We still have the same tight ends. Gaseki's still balling. Doing their thing. You know what I mean? So, like, that's going to continue. And if the wide receivers do become a part of it, then we just got way better. 
how are the Patriots going to compare to that? Like, I don't see that happening at all. If you if you were to line up our rosters, and you know what? That's a perfect thing because I'm going to bring up the depth chart, especially in the wide receiver, because I saw something there that kind of irked me the wrong way. But if you were to look at the rosters and look at that receiving core and look at our receiving core, bro, you got to say that the better – more explosive talent is on our, on our side, dog, for sure. It depends on where you live, I guess, bro. That's what it comes down to. Oh, shit, bro. Like, come on, man. Let's say Parker and um, who's the number one over there? I think it's uh, that Neil guy. In Green Bay? I mean, in, in Green Bay. In, in uh, New England? Yeah. Uh, Nakio Harry? Him. No, I don't, think, I don't even think Harry's the number one there. You see, like, that's what I'm saying, bro. And, and then... Jakeem Grant, this is the thing that kind of irked me. Jakeem Grant got named on the depth chart as the other wide receiver on the outside opposite of Devontae Parker. So he was, he's and Waddle is in the slot. Right, where he should be. Right, but... You just don't want to give Jakeem that number two, is what you're telling me. I'm, I'm wondering why Jakeem is not number four, five, six. Dude, you, you What's are up, something though? something else, kid. What's up, though? Why are you hating on my dog, man? I'm not hating They compare that him, dude bro. to the cheetah, bro. You bro. know what I'm saying? Bro, that's you your speed. Me? <laughs> you hear me? Don't use my stuff, bro. <laughs> um, but, yeah, dog, like, you're going to tell me that Fuller isn't a better option on the outside? Or Albert Wilson well, isn't a, well, a better well, option on the outside. You gotta keep in mind that that's gonna change when Fuller comes back. He, he's still out for this game. Once that comes, it's gonna be Devontae, Fuller, and Waddle, which is ideal. Okay, but even right now, even four. right now, right now, you're gonna tell me that Albert Wilson is not a better option. No, he's oh, not. But man. I will tell you because I'm not big on Albert Wilson like that. But I'll tell you who I am big on, and I don't know his status right now or what's going on where he where he is. And I'm gonna do a little research right now. Preston Williams. Yeah, Preston Williams for us last year was was guy. a stud of a receiver before he got That's hurt. A, well, good size, good speed, great hands. You know, he he's a good route runner, and he dude he, he's a big body. You know, so he did great last year for us, and I I don't know where he's at right now with with our receiving core. He looked like uh, when I remember seeing him on the depth chart, he was like the fifth receiver, backup, 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 which is whack to me because I feel like bro, Jakeem Grant should be there. And not to say that Jakeem Grant is an explosive. Uh, hold on. I'm looking at the depth chart right now. My bad. I'm sorry to cut you Go off. Ahead, but I got, I'm looking at from Yahoo Sports, courtesy of Yahoo Sports, Kyle Krabs, at uh, 713 this morning. So yesterday, for those of you listening. <laughs> um, wide receiver one, Parker. Devontae Parker, Preston Williams. They're no, that means that he's the backup to Parker. Okay. And then two, I got Waddle and Albert Wilson at two. So that means that in the slot, it's Waddle, like I said. Wilson's behind him. And then Jakeem Grant's number three. Three, we got Grant and Mac Hollins, which Mac Hollins is a tight end. Right. So that's what I'm saying. So those first three that they named is, are, are lined up like that. So you have Parker. Then you have Waddle in the slot, right? Or on this side or this side. And then you'll have Jakeem Grant on the outside. He'll be that. So that's what I'm saying. Like, as an outside threat, as an outside threat, why is Jakeem Grant there? Mm. I don't. I don't they feel like that. him. I don't. They feel like that. him. That guy. He must be a good locker room guy or something, man. They, they really like him. He's a playmaker, but I don't think he's that type of playmaker because that just tells me offensively we're limited because we're gonna be doing a lot of quick snap and then a quick throw to Jakeem Grant and seeing if he can bust one. That's not a real offensive play that I want to rely on on the outside for a game. You get what I'm saying? Like, that worries me. That worries me. I'm not going to I think it's temporary, man. 
It, I think it, it's because of the fact that we don't have Fuller. You know what I mean? And then at the same time, you know, we got this is a division game too. Yeah, we got two games against the Patriots. So why, win both. why show them all of our cards right away? Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, Throw Jakeem in there right now, and then it's if it doesn't pan out, there's a different look for them come game two. You feel me? I feel you, but I feel like this is a must-win game. I agree. Right. So if this is a must-win game, then you go with your best lineup. With I, don't, with- I don't think. Jakeem Grant being in the starting lineup is going to ah. make or break us, dog. I think you're putting way too much emphasis on this nah, dude's bro. role on our team. It does, dog, because nah, he's man. getting the snaps. Off rip, you're getting the snaps because you're practicing with the number one squad. You're getting at least 25 to 30 snaps guaranteed if you're the, if you're the outside wide receiver. Devontae Parker plays like 60 snaps a game, dog. Right. Jakeem Grant is gonna not going to get 60, but he's going to get 40 at least. That's a lot of snaps, dog. Okay, that could be going to somebody else who's probably more productive in that role. He, I don't. That's what. That's but all if, I'm saying. But if he's the fastest guy on our receiving core, and he's drawing away defenders to open up lanes for Waddle down low or for Parker coming across, you, you know what I mean? Those are things that we got to look at, bro. We'll find out. The kid, well, the kid's a talent. Has he's he, a has, talent. He, has he? You know, been what we want from him as a receiver? No, because of the comparisons to Tyreek Hill. We're like, we see what Tyreek Hill does. Week in and week out, literally, like a guy's a walking highlight reel. And it's like, damn, we kind of expect that. But we, we weren't the team that we are now. I think now it, 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 he's really going to surprise you in the same way that I think Miles Gaskin is going to surprise you. Well, I'll, we'll talk about Miles Gaskin now because I, I actually got a boost of confidence for him. How about that? Okay. Okay. Um, back to the Jakeem Grant thing. My only thing that kills me with him is that he's not a real receiver. Right where his hands aren't as reliable. Mm. That's a, that's what I mean, right? Because if you're going to be a, a wide receiver and be lined up out there, yeah, it's cool that you can burn by everybody. You don't make that catch consistently. You're going to dive like Tyreek Hill and find a way to make the catches. You get what I'm saying? Like Tyreek hands are what make him the elite wide receiver. There's speed all over the place, but can you catch while you're running top speed? I don't trust in Jakeem Grant to do that. Okay, and I feel like that's kind of fair because fair he's, he's shown that. Fair right enough. now, am I comfortable with him being the guy on the hand around, or if we're in a short yard situation or something? Hell yeah, yeah I'm a little super bubble screen or a jet sweep or something. Super comfortable with that because I know that if he gets space, he's going to explode and he's going to take it to the house more, more often than not. Yeah, even returning kicks, I want him returning kicks because he is the most explosive player that we have. Yeah. I just don't think. Well, on the kick return, I don't know. On the punt return, I don't know. Yeah, maybe you put water. You could put water back there, but then that defeats the purpose of having water in the first place. I feel like if you're gonna have him in the slot, then you don't want him doing that because he's already doing dangerous shit coming across the middle. You know what I mean? He's already doing dangerous shit, and that's yeah. But I mean, I'm just saying he, you know, he's the best. Let's I see. think he, he could be potentially the best returner we have. Waddle. It's gonna be interesting how how we line up on on the outside on the on the weekend against the Patriots. But let's bring it back to Miles Gaskin. What you got? What are you thinking? Shout out to Miles Gaskin. He is the number one running back, hands down, on this offense. Yes. Congratulations, bro. Proved it in the second game of the preseason. Go what out there and get me twelve hundred yards. He could do it. Hey, he could do it. I, I, I noticed that I didn't say rushing yards. What? I said, go out there and get me oh, no. twelve hundred yards. All purpose, I'm just saying. I feel like we if he's going to be a big part of the passing game with two. I, I think, think so man. too. The I check so down is going to be big. I, I don't think it's going to be because of the check down. I think it's more going to be like those running back curls 
where you send somebody, like Jakeem Grant and Waddle, whatever, right. on the outside, and you have the running back curl on that on that under, yeah. and you can hook him up, and he'll catch a five yard and turn it into 15, 20 yards. You know, I, that's how I feel like we're going to use him a lot because I feel like the middle, that's Waddle's world, bro. He's going to, Waddle's world. I got to trademark that. That's dope. My shit. That's dope. Um, but, like, that's his world. That's where he's going to operate. That leaves a lot of space for everybody else on the outsides to go get that. You know, and Waddle's going to drag attack that attention along Kaseki. Man, those guys are going to dominate that middle. Dominate that middle. Um, but back to Miles Gaskin, man, I think that he's going to be really important. He's going to be real important to our success, especially this Sunday. I, I really want to see him get going in the offensive running game and average those five yards a, a carry, 4.5, five yards a carry, so that when the third and fourth quarter come around, we can still kind of rely on that depending on how the game goes. Because I don't think it's going to be a shootout, and I don't think it's going to be low scoring either. I really think that both teams are going to find early success in the first half, right? A couple of touchdowns here and there. And then the third down, the third and fourth quarter, we're going to see a change where the defense actually steps up and kind of – impact the game and and pretty much uh what's the word i'm looking for make the outcome of the game like wrap it up the defense whoever stops the ball there it's going to be the deciding factor i think so because both defenses are are framed to be good i only know more of the dolphins defense because we returned a lot of players so i don't know how gelled their defense is going to be but they're banking on it that's why the line is so close it's only three i'm so. gonna i'm gonna put it I'm going to put this game more so on the on the on the quarterbacks. I think that the the quarterback situation, obviously, the defense, our defense, we love it. We're stacked, you know. Um, Patriots, you got to give them respect. They they, yeah. they got a good defense for sure. Um, even though we took you know a couple of their pieces, they took a couple of our pieces. So we kind of go on that back and forth. So they have a sound defense. So we, you know we can kind of say, okay, we're pretty even there. Uh, offensive, I think we have the majority of the skill players. I think we have the edge there from running backs to receivers. You know, there's nothing on the Patriots that really stands, stands out to out. me. Yeah. Um, but they still have a guy named Bill Belichick. So okay. anything can happen. He, we've seen no names on that team become superstars because of Bill Belichick. Um, so I think what it's going to come down to is is the quarterbacks. And that's the one thing that we do have in our favor is the fact that Tua has seen a full season already. He's in a much better place, You know, understands our system a lot better, has more experience. You know, Mac Jones, he's, they're just throwing him out there to the Wolves. So I'm hoping our boys go to, you know, go to eat. Yeah. I feel, I, I definitely feel like our defensive line is going to get to Mac I hope. a lot. Multiple times. No, I just know it, bro. I just know it. And, and because I feel like, again, the rotation that we have there and the savviness is just nasty. I mean, I read an article today that has uh, Jalen Phillips as one of the top five contenders for defensive rookie player of the year. Because of his impact, because of the speed that he's shown, his athleticism. We didn't get to see any of it we didn't in, get in the to see preseason, any bro, which is scary. So imagine that they're going to unleash this guy and just say, hey, go full speed, knock yourself out. Because we ain't got nothing to lose with him. We have a backup to his backup. So we're good there, especially at that position. It's like, go for it, kid. And they have him actually, bro, it's funny you mentioned him. They actually have them on the roster spot as a linebacker. So that means he's going to be outside linebackering in that 3-4 yeah, nickel defense and coming off the edge. And that's the base defense that the Dolphins are really going to run this year. You're not going to see them in a 4-3 ever. Um, you're going to see them pretty much in a nickel with a 3-4 on the front. That's what we like to run. And really take advantage because – 
like like you were saying, we have really good corners, um, so we can always have three on the field and feel comfortable in that where we can dictate the matchup of who's facing who or who's covering who when it comes to a tight end or a running back coming out the field or out the backfield or something like that. With um, with the running backs, to, to kind of like just wrap everything up, I, I saw something that kind of interests me, and I wanted to get your take on it. Malcolm Brown was slated as the number two running back. And yeah. Ahmed was the third. Yeah, I can we, see that. We really didn't see too much out of Malcolm Brown this preseason, but they did sign him and pay him money as opposed to what Ahmed is getting, like on a rookie contract or undrafted contract. Yeah, they're using him how I thought they were going to use, you know, use this scheme. You know, obviously Gaskin being the more experienced one, RB1, you know, he can do it all. He can run, he can catch. And then um, Malcolm Brown to me is our, you know, our third and one, third and goal kind of guy. And then Salvin Ahmed is our, our relief slash uh, change of pace back for for uh, Miles Gaskin. Do you think that any one of those guys can hit potentially over a thousand yards total rushing or total? No, just to, just total. Um, uh, either one Gaskin. of us backup. No, Gaskin. no, no, Gaskin for sure. We put the twelve hundred. I don't think Malcolm Brown because Malcolm Brown can you know put up yards, but he, I don't think we're going to use him like that out of you know for for the passing game. And then Ahmed, I don't think he has enough experience to be able to do that. I think Gaskin is the one guy to do that. Shit, man. I was kind of hoping that if one of those guys, let's say Gaskin gives us the 1,300 yards, right, total, and Malcolm Brown gives us 900, 1,000 total yards, that's nasty. That's great. That's a great, great season because anything else that you add in for Ahmed is already a bonus. It's a bonus. You know what I mean? So having that running game is what would really solidify this offense, man, and really give Tua the tool that he needs, the time, because he his tool is time. If he has time to throw a quarterback, like we saw in Bryce Young in Alabama, anytime that you get back there and you can, you know, you give an Alabama quarterback time to throw, they're going to find the guy, and they're going to make an accurate throw. That's what we need from Tua. That's kind of what we're expecting. If the running game can do that, that shit might just boost us up to a next level. Let's make some predictions real quick before we head on to the FedEx Cup Championship. Give me your prediction on wins and losses for the season. We're not going to talk about our Kings predictions, and that's why we didn't wow. bring them up because we got Molly whopped. Okay, guys, I'm little, to a little, a uh, little. Oh, but I can throw one at you. Yeah. Who do you think is going to have a better record in their respective conference, UCF or UM? I'm going to go UM, of course. Uh, they're already off to a bad start. So, well, all right, but that's not a conference game. I'm just saying. You said conference. No, right? no, 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 no. I mean, in the respective, like, you know, oh, okay. We, I didn't want you to be like, oh, but you, UM is ACC. You're just talking straight record. You're just talking a straight record. You know, right. you, you know. We'll talk a little bit after off off camera. Wow, it's just because we went up one already. Anyways, um, for wins this year for the Dolphins, man, I dude, I think this is a 12, 12 win year for us. Twelve and seven. I think so, man. Or is it twelve and six? Twelve and five. Twelve and five. Yeah, I, th- I think this is a 12-win year for us. I think I think we could do it, man. I think we had four? a really good season last year, and I think we're prime. I think this is this is the year. Insert delusional <laughs> Dolphins fan commentary I, here. I was going to say 10 games, but honestly, I'm going to go 11 games. I'm going to go that we win 11 games. You price is right in me, didn't you? I did, dog. You son of a... <laughs> I skipped school a lot. Sorry, mom. <laughs> 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 she was there. She, she, knows. she knows. She's the one putting the TV on for you. Oh um, uh, wow! But, but so yeah, 11, I got, I'm going with twelve. You're going twelve. I'm going eleven. Only because we do have to play the page the the Patriots twice, yep. and I feel like we we could end up splitting with them. I don't see us sweeping them. I, I see us sweeping them. The Bills, it's a possibility. The Bills is the one we're that taking, troubles me. We both know that we're taking L's against the Bills, right? Ravens like, trouble me. 
Yeah, that's scary. That game is always tough. Yeah. Um, the Raiders don't come to see you, boys. Yeah, I, I, they don't really concern don't me in me, that right? way. The Titans, we play the Titans this year? Yep, January 2nd. Derrick Henry concerns me. Yes, he's going to run all over us. That guy's a savage, bro. You know, so they're, they're, those, there's like, they're, that's why I say there's like four or five games that really concern me, and I think that we can win 12 games. Yeah, I can see it, bro. If we, if we, I'll put it to you like this. If Tua is everything that we think he is and everything we hope to be, winning 12 games should be just about right. Real talk. Because anything more than that is like, oh, shit, Super Bowl. <laughs> and we're far from that. You know, we really just got to try to make the playoffs. We're granted. Uh, we know that the division is pretty much a guarantee. We're still going to fight for it. But next best thing is making it as a wild card and being a disruptor, you know. And then once you're in the playoffs, shit, anything can happen. Yeah. You know, anything can happen. What about uh, what about for the game then? I'll say for the game itself against the Patriots, our home opener in Foxborough, we're gonna go ahead and pull out the dub. Obviously, the Miami based podcast. Um, I'm gonna say we win. We win that twenty seven seventeen. Something about those numbers. It's in the book. Me. Yeah, I know. It's on the podcast too. I'm gonna go. Here's my thing. Hold on. <laughs> The raid. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, what do you got? For the Patriots, I, I on, on offense, they're going to struggle, right? I don't think we're going to struggle on offense. So I see us putting up some good points on this game. I got us winning 34-24. I like it. 34-24. I like it. Because it's giving their offense a lot more credit. Only because I feel like... Their defense is going to put them in good position. You know what? Scratch that. Oh, hold on. 34-14. Forget their wow. offense, dog. You know why? Wow. Because my dog Jaden Phillips is going to go ham. Xavier Howard is coming up with two picks. And Byron Jones is going to get another pick. You're me. Holla. That's what we're doing. We're dolphin down. You heard me? Oh, let's talk about that then. How many turnovers we're going to have this first game? Uh, What did I say? Uh, Xavier 2, Byron 1. We'll go strip four. Sack. We'll call it four. I'm gonna over go under. Let's go no, no, four no, is over five. under. You're going over? I'm going over. Four. I'm gonna go under. I'm gonna go under four. Alright. But I think it'll be I think we can have two to three. But I'll go under four. Nah, Papa, we're going five. Alright, here's another one for you then. Talk to me. Over under for two on yards. Does he throw over three hundred or over it? Under or over three hundred yards passing? Over three hundred. Over three. I'm gonna say two it goes over three hundred passing this game too, bro. I'm expecting that. Anything less than that is a goddamn tragedy. I think it's just simple. It's just simple. He doesn't have to throw 60-yard bombs. Move the chains. Move the chains. We're going to throw the ball. If you throw the ball 30, 30 times and you average 25 yards, not even 25 yards is a lot. You average, let's say, 18 yards and you throw complete 20 passes. That's a lot. Yeah. That's 360 yards, bro. Like, you Gucci. You don't need to do anything else, you know? So just by... Throwing the ball often, completing passes, he's going to get yardage. No doubt. No doubt. And I really feel like the Dolphins are going to try to stretch out the Patriots down the field. That's what we got all the fast weapons off there for. I really feel like we'll see us go four wide receivers multiple times. Not a lot. Maybe three times, four times. But still, that's a front that they got to face up and line up with four wide receivers who can really take the top off and, and head downfield. And we got a guy who can make that throw. So, you think Jakeem Grant scored the touchdown this game? <sighs> Shit, bro. I hate when you do things like that. Bro. 
What's the point of that? I just want to know, dog. I want to know if you think he's going to score this week and Jakeem Grant, that is. I don't, but I hope so. Wow. Right? I don't, but I hope so. Because you don't I, think he's going to score this weekend. All right. bro, if he catches a passing touchdown, you know what? I'll give him a pass for the next four weeks. How about okay. that? A passing touchdown. It can't be like a, literally he has to be running downfield yeah, yeah, to yeah, catch yeah, yeah. it. Not some so shit where you, he got that's it. What, that's what you want for him to get back in your good graces is a play, a big play catch. Not even a big play. I want a play catch. I want you to be <laughs> run around, get open, catch it, and run into the touchdown. All right. Right. I don't care about the yardage. It could be 10, 15 yards. All right. Get open, catch it, run into the touchdown. What about this? Who do you think is going to have more yards on the ground, Malcolm Brown or Miles Gaskin? Gaskin. I'm, 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 mm, I don't think he'll make 100 yards. Mm, that was going to be my follow-up. I don't think he makes 100 rushing. yards this game. Yeah. I'll probably put him But that's fine with me. If he goes okay. 80 and 80, 80 passing, 80 rushing, I'll take Pop that. for him. Especially for my fantasy team. <laughs> you feel me? I feel you. You hear me? I feel you. For him, like I said earlier, it's not just rushing yards or receiving yards. For me, his contribution, game in, game out, is total yardage. Right? That's the game that we have to play with Miles Gaskin. Because we know he's not a big bruiser back where you're just going to feed him 26 rushes in a game. I'm not going to do that. You know, closer to 1820. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm You thinking. know, closer to that and let him catch the ball those extra 10 times and see what he does with that. That's why I say him hitting 100 yards rushing on every game, come on. Yeah. Not going to happen, yeah. you know. Um, but you want that balance and you want the total yardage. That's why I put that 1,200 right. as a good balance. That's 10 games of hitting 120 total yards. I think you can do that. Yeah. 17 six games, six. you know? It's a good split, pretty even, pretty fair. 17 games. I mean, that's bro. just the minimum that we should be asking. Minimum, For a dude. starting running back. Minimum. In the NFL. Minimum. Minimum. And and somebody who we both think is talented, right? right? Like, right. we both think that he can do the job. So and if we ask him, he's probably saying, no, I, I want to rush do, for 1,000 and, right. and catch for 1,000. You know right. what I mean? He probably right. has higher aspirations for that, but. We'll see. You know, we're, we're just calling it as what we want for we'll see, man. this year. We'll so. see. We'll see, man. We got all the predictions out the way then? Yeah, we got the game predictions. We got the season predictions. We did turnovers. We did two Passing yardage. Yards, rushing yards. And then rushing yards for Gaskin. We both think that he won't go over 100, so I don't think we need to do Any, anything. Anything else? Anything else pertinent? Or All right. All right. We're both thinking the Dolphins are going to make the playoffs. All right. No, no. Let's do a fun one. Let's do a fun one. Oh, what? The other ones weren't fun? Yeah, they weren't wow, that dude. fun. They were just real serious. Wow. Yo. Relax. I try to say it with like a happy face on, you know, to make it a little more lively. But shit. no, you killed it. You killed you it. Killed bro. my vibe just now. Right, I don't want to. I'm answer gonna bring your you question. back. Uh, I don't want to answer your question. You do this podcast. Well, guys, the podcast is over. Well, <laughs> this is been sports or so. So goodbye. No. Um, Bill Belichick. Does he go gray hoodie or does he go with the sport jacket like trainer um, jacket? Yeah, no, he's gonna go with the uh, short sleeve hoodie windbreaker. You're going no, windbreaker? No, no hoodie. It's going to be the short sleeve windbreaker. Oh, yeah, I don't think he, I don't think he's going to go hoodie. I think it's he's going to go like a the short sleeve windbreaker. I think that's the play. I think he's going polo. Polo? When yeah. have you seen the man in a polo on the sideline, we'll see, homie? dog. It's a home game. First game of the season. He's going to go polo. You lost that bet already, dog. We'll see, bro. I'm telling you, short sleeve. We'll see. I'm going to, I'm going to, you're going to have to post that. <laughs> short sleeve windbreaker. You ever seen the video of the dude? He's like, it's a short sleeve Windbreaker for golf. Oh yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it. I've it seen breaks it. the wind, but you can move your arms, bro. That guy is so good. Like, it. It. He's it. so passionate about that particular article article of clothing. I don't know. It's so funny, dude. Yeah, bro. He's pretty funny. Um, you know what? Since we're on the golf topic, shout out to the dog Patrick Cantley. 
best name in golf, I think, or top five at least. Most boring golfer in PGA. Bro, Boeing gets you wins. Yeah. Consistent. Yeah, so does being appearances. 10 under to start a tournament, dude. Hey. So, all right. That's how you do it, bro. So, shout out to Patrick Cantlay yes, winning for, the FedEx Cup Championship, which is you. the season-long race that the PGA has. one of has. Soso's favorites. Oh, yeah, one of Soso's favorite guys right now. Um, he not only won the FedEx Cup Championship, so he's the FedEx Cup champion right now, but he also won the $15, $15 million purse that accompanies that. And uh, it was... A hell of a win for the kid. Um, you know, he, he's had a few wins already this year. He, he's um, up there as far as the world golf rankings. He's top 10, I believe. Um, I'm not exactly sure what number he is. But um, my, my whole thing with the FedEx Cup championship is, is just the structure and the layout. And I think that's the thing for, for where, with everybody because they have a couple matches that, you know, get you to place. And then the last tournament – um, there's a disparity as far as, you know, where everybody starts. So Cantley started already at 10 under with 10 strokes to his name. And then the next best guy started at eight under six under so on and so, so on. So it was like so a on. catch up type. Of yeah. Thing. And then John Rom actually gave him a run, man. John Rom came very Bro. close to, to tying it up and possibly taking it to a playoff or, or winning the whole thing. Can a lot I tell of people you had him winning it, but he came up short in the end. Let me tell you something, bro. I feel like ever since we saw him, um, not being able to compete in that tournament, because of COVID and shit yeah, like that. Yeah. Since he's come back, I feel like he's come back way more focused. Way more focused. He's not even focused on, like, trying to win tournaments. He's just so tuned into his game right now. And you can see it because almost every shot, he's hitting fluid. He's hitting with confidence. He's not worried about placement. He feels like everything that he hits, he can make it work. And when you're playing like that, that you feel that comfortable on a golf course, bro, that shit is dangerous. I, I don't know because I could only tell, like, in one instance from one good shot that I hit. But imagine this guy's putting 8, 10, 15 strokes. Not necessarily strokes on the co- on the scorecard, but swings, good, solid contact swings in his golf game. Just building his confidence and just building that momentum that he has. And it showed out, man. That guy balled out that day. No, he, he's he a, the out. number one golfer in the world for a reason. And, and Canley, I just looked it up, is the number four golfer um, after that win. Consistency, so, baby. I mean, but it's exactly what we've been talking about whenever we do talk about golf. It's like, dude, golf is so exciting. You have the number one going up against the number four in the end, you know, in the FedEx Cup playoffs. Like, that's that's exactly what you want. You don't want, you know, two no-name guys. You want the best of the best up there. You know what I mean? And Facts. yeah, Patrick Canley might not be a household name. Um, but the dude's a killer, you know. He he's a stud, and he he he's, he performs when he needs to. Um, so it was it was exciting. Um, the format obviously is a little weird because obviously you have the four majors in golf, starting with the Masters and then ending up with the uh, the Open Championship in Europe. Um, and then after all that happens, then you have the FedEx Cup playoffs and that whole structure and whatnot. Um, which is why they throw in that $15 million purse to kind of get, you know, people excited, excited about, about it and all that. Which is clean-ass purse. $15 million to win a golf tournament. Yeah, and, and you can't even be mad at, at second place because John Rahm John Ron walked away with a cool five mil. Ten, $10 million difference, but hey, bro, I mean, it is what it is. So congrats to Patrick Cantlay, man. That was a hell of a season. The good thing about golf is that we're right back at it, like, next week. I think we have, like, turn it, like, the season starts back up in, like, two, three weeks already. You're not even so lying. So we're, we're back to it again. Golf is year-round. It's the one sport I don't mind being year-round. I love it. Um, but, yeah, man, shout-out to the FedEx Cup playoffs and the championship this weekend. It was a it was a hell of a tournament. It was. And we saw, like you said, the the best – some of the best in the world really go out there, play freely, play to win, and know that they can walk away some nice, cold, hard cash. Bro. It's not cash, but still, you're winning 15 mil. Shit, that's – 
That's clean. As opposed to when you and I go and we're just over there <laughs> donating cash, you know, whether it's to the the, the green fees donating, or donating cash balls and to the, balls. the course or right. donating strokes to our scorecard. Right. We're just always doing the donating. It is what it is, man. But you know what? We have a good time, man. Like when I went out there uh, this past weekend, shout out to my boy Johnny Blaze and shout out to his homie Ryan. Uh, Ricky, I'm Where, sorry. Where'd y'all play? We played at Mammy Springs, bro. Okay. We played Tried at Mammy Springs. Tried and true, baby. Tried and true. Love Tried it. and true, bro. That's that's a great, great, great golf course. Uh, for our and, for our skill level, bro, that's a great golf course. Even though from the whites, it plays kind of long for, yeah, our, for our, it really our, does. our skill level. There's really no trouble there. Everything's pretty much open. You can make it up. You can make it up. You can make it up. And, um, and again, shout out to Ricky, bro. He hit some bombs out there. Johnny hit some b- good drives out there. And I heard somebody hit a bomb out there with a, a driver they got bro, from somebody recently. My dog hooked me up right here. You know what I'm my, saying? Bro, my golf bro. Miami golf bros. This is my golf bro. Go follow him. <laughs> um, yo, it always happens on either the first driver of the day or the last or one. Or the baby. last one, dog. You just fucking crush it it feels great stance great hand positioning great everything great and you're like this is why i play this is why i play and luckily for me i got it on video so you saw it on my instagram it happened i hit a freaking 283 yard drive which is really hard for me <laughs> i don't i don't think you guys can like really concept how hard that shit is to do did a bird grab the ball in midair and then just take it the rest of the way maybe okay Maybe, but it doesn't matter. It counts. It fell. Yeah, two, two, two eighty three, man. Two eighty three, bro. Papa. And clean. It was a nice, clean little fade. And um, what felt better about it is uh, the, like we talked about before, being able to put into practice the things that Coach Sib hooks me up with. Because you went to see him recently. You know what I mean. Was that your first round after seeing him? Uh, second round, and I can feel already an improvement. Why? Because the first round after I went to see him, it was like. I was playing more in my mind than physically because I'm trying to do the right things together, you know, like mentally to try to put all those mechanics together to kind of like put together what he, he had taught me, right? Yeah. Um, and then the second time that I went to play, which is this past weekend, it was much more relaxed. You know, I felt like a lot more comfortable in my stances. I felt a lot more comfortable in my hand position, even though I sent him the video. So funny, dog. I sent him the and video. he told you all the things you were doing wrong? Nah, man. He's, I'm expecting him like, yo, you killed that drive. Great job. You know, this is working, blah, blah, blah. But? He just hit me back like, hey, you got to drop those hands a little bit. <laughs> and that's why. Drop those hands. It'll be perfect. But that's a great shot. And that's still, why so. I love Coach Sid, man, because he'll. You, if you're thinking you're you're ready for the PGA Tour, you know you hit well, a great you shot real quick. or something, <laughs> he'll point out all the shit you did wrong and bring you right back, right down, back dude. to earth, Papa. But, but that's why good. I need him. You need that. You yeah, know what I mean, you, you need that so that you never get too ahead of yourself because it always happens. Immediately after I birdie, you can guarantee I'm going to triple bogey the next hole because I'm on that high horse and I'm like, oh, I'm the king of the world, and then it immediately slice one out of bounds. No, I knew, <laughs> I knew exactly what I was getting into because. Like, uh, the rest of the day did not go as well. <laughs> right? Because I'm still trying to put yeah, everything you're, together, you're, you know? Working on the swing now. But thankfully, I caught that one good moment And it on gave you tape. all the confidence. And, man, I'm going to show that shit to my kids and be like, that was a 400-yard drive. <laughs> you guys don't even know. <laughs> Your dad hit bombs. 400 yards, bro. <laughs> this guy wishes. But, no, I'm happy, man. I'm happy you're, you're now using us, you know, even though yeah, it's like man. a... 10, 12, 15-year-old driver I gave it you. It works. It's better than the one you had before. Facts. It's actually for, for, for grown-ups. Yeah, um, it's not a little kid one. How crazy is that? <laughs> so the size of this. You're, you're going you're gonna to have a lot more fun <laughs> with that now. I got a little golf in this weekend, too. I played uh, Mel Reese over the weekend. Wait. I haven't been playing a lot of golf lately, man. You 
getting ready for football season. That's why. I guess. I guess that's what it is. Yeah, I've been busy and, and stuff. And killed it, not on. for nothing, but you also killed it this golf season. You're playing like four times a week almost, I, three and a half. Like, well, ever it was since getting so high. the golf trip was at the end of July. Yep. And I didn't really play a whole lot in August, that, man. Right? Like yeah. August, I kind of I kind of chilled, took it easy. I didn't really play a lot. But played yesterday at Mel Reese. So it, it was such a nice day. Like, the weather was right. It got hot, don't get me wrong, right around 12 o'clock or yeah, whatever. Yeah, it was hot out there, bro. Yeah, it gets super humid and shit, but it's just nice to be out there, bro, and, like, hitting good shots, like, you know, hitting some good putts, hitting some good shots. Hitting, hitting some bad ones, hitting too. Hitting greenies, you know. I, I hit a couple greenies. Nice. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just it's just nice, bro. I just That's what's I need up. to get back in it. So, yeah. now it's going to be tough with football, obviously. Yeah. It, no golf Sundays, dog. got to be early on Sunday so that you can be, you know, on time for the red zone. It's got to be real early. Eight a.m. Eight a.m. Well, the only problem is if is if you have slow play in front of you that you can't account for. So if if, if you get there for eight a.m. tea time and you don't tee off till like nine a.m., obviously that's a problem. But the, the problem fingers crossed that I've noticed with Sunday tea times. Maybe I'm just tripping, but it's a lot of the older crowd that likes to get out there earlier on a Sunday. Yeah, and I'm not saying that they're holding up the game, but some of the times they have like a little tournament or stuff like like John and I when we were playing um, with Ricky. There was uh, guys behind us. We're literally on the first box about to tee off, right? John tees off. Ricky tees off. I'm getting ready to tee off. And the guy's like, hey, do you mind if these guys tee off and go ahead in front of you? They're in a league and doing a tournament. And we're like, yeah, we don't care. But they kind of held us up throughout the day. And we probably would have finished maybe half an hour earlier. Who cares? But if you're doing that consistently, that shit starts to wear on you, you know? But um, those are golf things. It happens. You know, it is what it is. It is what it is, bro. And anyways, you don't have to play all 18. You can just pick Correct. up your shit and just ride out whenever you want. Correct. You be somewhere on time. Correct. And that's why I got my uh, red zone on the phone. So I'll be out there, <laughs> dog. If I'm out there past one, you're good. I'm going to be watching it on the course. Dog. You know what I'm saying? So I feel you. I can't wait. You know, weather's hopefully going to start getting a little bit better here. Right. Yes. So perfect early golf, golf is going to be perfect. Yeah. Plus football, you know, Thursdays, yeah. Saturdays, Sundays, football. Mondays. Oof. Playoff baseball, playoff baseball October, is the shit. That's the that's the odd, the best right there. Man. Even though our Marlins ain't doing all you know that it great is right what now, it is. you know playoff baseball. Still, it is the shit. So worth watching. So it is the shit. A lot, lot of stuff to look forward to, man. We're now getting into the, the we're good, ramping the, up, right? The good times. Hell yeah, dude. The good times, my dog. Um, but before we wrap up this show, man, I want to give a special shout out to Chris Bosch, man. He's getting inducted into the Hall of Fame this weekend. Um, <laughs> My man, if it wasn't for Chris Bosch's offensive rebound, we don't have that great, great game-winning shot by Ray Allen to yeah, save us. One less title. You know, one less title, one less, you know, banner hanging in the rafters. And honestly, it's all due to that man right there because he even had a big-ass block during that yep. series, bro. Yep. Chris Bosch, Miami Heat Nation, thanks you, bro. We congratulate you. Everything you've done for this city and continue to do as part of its community and everything that you do for us as Heat fans and keeping us entertained and being a part of that, man, it, it makes us feel great. And all we want to do is congratulate you and applaud you on a great career. We wish it would have been longer because we know damn well we, you would have kept winning those rings for us, bro. So from Sports with Soso and everybody in Miami, bro, Congratulations on making the Hall of Fame, man. Well earned, man. Huge accomplishment, man. Yes, sir, bro. But um, I feel like that's a perfect ending to the show, dog. It's time to wrap it up. Let's do it. And what, you know what we got to do. We got to plug in the social media. That's right. Check us out on social media. YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, all of that. TikTok. 
Find us. We're on there. Okay. All the podcasts are streaming. And more importantly, they're streaming on the YouTube channel. So go ahead and check us out. And make sure that you tell a friend. To tell a friend. To tell another friend. To tell one more friend. To tell one more friend about this dope-ass podcast that reps home teams like the Dolphins and the Hurricanes and the Heat. And also give you a little bit of national sports, too. Trust me, y'all. We do it all for you guys. And until next time, peace. peace.